0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Ads Lyson. If you want 15% off your surfing and outdoor gear, look no further. Go to Northcore on the internet and use the code, capital letters, Surf with an extra capital F on the end of surf to receive 15% off your purchase. Welcome back to part two of the podcast with British surf icon, Ben Skinner. In this episode, we talk about the Skinner family, Ben's son, Lucas, and the British Longboard Union and WSL Tours. So please enjoy part two of my conversation with Ben Skinner. Mate, I know you touched on it a little bit before. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about your family and, you know, why you're doing all of this. Um, You talk a little bit about your dad, because your dad was the one who put you into surfing, but he also started his own brewery, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mum and dad started the brewery. I mean, when I, I grew up in a pub when I was from born till eight, you know, eight years old. Um, and mum and dad were like landlords of a pub for a brewery. And so we lived above that. And then when I was eight years old, they started um their own micro brew pub in Jersey in the Channel Islands where we were born where I was born. And um then they ended up with another one and in the end they decided um they wanted to leave Jersey. So they looked at moving to Ireland. They looked at moving to, her sister was in New Zealand. They went to New Zealand to look there for a bit, all over the place. And we ended up in Cornwall, basically. They went and looked at France and Spain. And anyway, uh, we ended up in Cornwall. And, and um, when we got here, dad, dad wasn't that sure what he was going to do and at the time. He was looking at surf shops and all sorts. And then, you know, essentially his, his background, his business, is, uh, you know, it's all been his mum and dad uh, were hoteliers. So it was kind of in his blood and went back to beer and and um started making beer. There's never been a brewery in truro and and so Skinner's brewery started twenty five years ago, six years ago. yeah, and I mean look it's rocky road for them right now it's it's a real obviously normally a a very very flamboyant kind of business, but at the moment, with the current crisis and pubs being shut and everything, it's been pretty pretty hard on the breweries um but what they've achieved in 25 years and i think they have sponsored a lot of people helped a lot of people raised a lot of money um and are really part of the, the kind of community as well so it's it's yeah dad's achieved a huge amount with the brewery and i hope that you can keep it going through this um through this tough time right now
0: yeah there's a friend of mine that owns a uh pub brewery down in exmouth called the grapevine and when the first lockdown happened his his pub is like right on the right on the corner in the Exmouth strand yeah and they haven't got any the outdoor space so when they closed the pubs down um, he was still producing beer and they came up with this idea that they were going to sell box beer um, so they started doing that and that's just grown arms and legs for him wow. um, and then when they reopened the pubs again where people could drink outside he didn't have an outdoor area and he had this mega thing with the council where for some reason, Exmoor, he's like got a line drawn down it where it's East Devon Council and Devon District Council. So there's two separate councils that go straight down the middle, and then he got permission from one of them, but it was actually the other side to put like some chairs and stuff out front, and he got absolutely spanked. And it's just been like an ongoing thing with him. I feel really sorry for him because he's been like super entrepreneurial with yeah. what he's done. Um, he's
1: trying like make ends meet you know i mean it's been tough for a lot of people i i, I know that and you know breweries are one of those things dad dad has got bottle trade to supermarkets and does like box beers direct drive through he's done a drive through um skinner's stop as well so you can do a you know drive through collection um but you still you know that pub trade the cast trade you know it's so big down here in cornwall and, and devon i mean Anywhere around the whole country, pub trade is like you know it's a it's a living for people in it. People, you know, it's it's somewhere where they go and hang out and it's a social and it's so it it's a lot of people are missing that that pub vibe and and obviously the the breweries are definitely financially going to miss that and know how the pubs are going to survive I don't know. So it's pretty worrying times for them, but I know that when it comes back, it's gonna it's gonna really boom and Cornwall and Devon are going to you know be like rushed off their feet. So it's just a matter of time and hopefully, you know, we're going the right way, aren't we? I I, I hope.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I know he's, he's, uh, you know, making, making even a little bit, but still with what's going on at the moment, it's just dragging on and on and on. It's, uh...
1: and you know, yeah, we get help and but you, a lot of the help you've got to pay back at some point. So, you know, losing that amount of time in business is so almost irreparable um, for some people, especially when you're, when you're sort of in those, um, you've basically got periods of the year where you've got nothing at all. And three or four months of the year where, you, you know, it's where you're know you so seasonal basically. And so, yeah. Um, but I know that Cornwall Devon this summer is gonna be pretty nuts. So I know the end of last year was crazy, wasn't it? And a lot of people yeah. managed to catch up. So we, I think we've got, we live in a nice enough place that um, when it does get good, everything is gonna flourish
0: let's talk a little bit about uh lucas then you touched on it before kind of taking off in his uh on his dad's footsteps and i saw an interview with you uh and i think it was his first interview they were like are you going to be a longboarder and you just asked him and he said no nah, i'm going to be a shortboarder and that was it and then i read an article saying no he's never going to longboard he's not you know he, he's not going to do it let him have a let him do shortboard thing and then if he wants to when he's like 20 he can do that
1: yeah <laughs> Well, I said that, I mean, the other day he took my longboard out and um, what he did was on it was mental. So I'm sure hopefully when this comes out, there'll, there'll be a clip out there from the other day. But yeah, it's safe to say that, yeah, he can definitely longboard and he doesn't know really how yet. So it's kind of worrying, but uh, he's, um, yeah, Lucas is, he's just, yeah, he's a great kid mainly. He's just, he's a lovely kid and he's, just loves surfing I mean I feel so lucky to kind of to have him you know in my life anyway but the fact that he does everything I love and you know the relationship that we have together not not just me you know my my partner Michelle she surfs as well my little girl Lila she's surfing and Levin is five and he's like he's definitely going to but he's just totally different to the others just just doesn't want any help like when he wants to do it he'll pick it up and do it but um but yeah the others are, it's, it's great it's, it's become a it's a family thing I think that's what's so great about surfing too um but yeah lucky enough to that Luke has taken it on so much he likes competing he you know he genuinely enjoys everything he's doing at the moment in surfing and and yeah just stoked to be to, to be part of it you know it's mad Explain a
0: little bit about how he got entered into the Barton Lynch Blastoff competition because he won the under 12s, didn't he? And I've seen some of the uh, footage that was that was entered into that for him to be able to win that. Was that just something that happened and you didn't know about it, or did you actually enter him into it?
1: Well, what happened was is obviously last year he had a pretty bad injury. So he ruptured his spleen while he was skateboarding, and um, it was a grade four laceration on his spleen. So it was- Pretty severe, and we ended up. I t- I took him straight from Nikki skate park. I was there when it happened. Drove him straight to Niki Hospital. He got an ambulance from there to Trilisk, and then they airlifted him from Trilisk to Bristol um, with 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 me as well. And it was yeah horrific. Just like from like absolute hero to zero, just from skating around complete normal to just one little slip, and he just hit the concrete so hard and. That was four months completely out for him. Horrendous time, scary moment as a parent. Um, but you know, he luckily he the, the spleen stopped bleeding pretty much straight away, and um, they didn't have to remove it or anything. So you know, he's still got his spleen. He's still in a good good sort of position. But at the end of the day, he was on his back at home for four months, and well, three months really. And the last month he was walk, you know, going out for walks, but it wasn't strictly no exercise or anything that could potentially hit himself and his spleen. So no school, no nothing. And, and it was pretty harsh for him because it was the end of the summer, Everyone's surfing. It was literally the end of August. So it was going in September, October, November. The surf was pumping every day. It was gnarly. So, you know, anything that kind of took Lucas' mind off it at the time was kind of good. So I saw this event come up. And in fact, his, his his one of his friends is from Australia and used to do, because the Barton Lynch Blast Off was an, act, it's an actual event. You know, it normally happens yeah. in Australia, um, but because of what happened, they put it online. So his mate said, I used to do this contest. You should enter it, Lucas. It's, and Lucas showed it to me and I said, well, yeah, if you want to do it, let's do it. So it's a couple of dollars to enter each clip or something. So we just entered it and, you know, and I didn't think, that that he won that week so the first week he won like they did I think it was like 12 weeks or something maybe eight or 12 weeks and they did like every week everyone's entries and then picked a winner from each category each week and then at the end they kind of did a winner's thing and so he won his week that was amazing and we kind of thought that was that but then he ended up you know, winning the under 12, which kind of blew me away and him and his mum. We were all sat there. We had no idea watching it live on the Instagram, you know. Um, and it was just watching his face when when he saw that he'd actually won it was was just unbelievable. So seeing, you know, the fact that he was kind of doing that from on the couch at home, um, just gave him so much kind of lift. And you know, he's had so much support and so many nice comments from so many people in the surfing industry since he's been injured and stuff that have just kept him uh, alive and kind of just feeling like he's still part of it so it's been pretty amazing so thanks to all those people you know because yeah
0: i think that's absolutely amazing especially because it's it's kind of like a junior version of the vans triple crown that they ran you know where they where they did the upload thing I think that could be something for the future, you know, especially to get people that are not necessarily in the public eye or, or in the media to to get them out on a platform because you know there's load. I mean, you must know loads and loads of kids, adults as well, that absolutely rip.
1: Exactly. I think I think it's a great point, and there's so many kids that need to, you know, need the opportunity that don't have the opportunity to kind of do those sort of things. So um having them inc- inclusive and stuff is like that's just what I loved about it. And seeing all, it was all eight, they ended up having categories down to like under eight or seven, under set. I can't even remember now, but it was because it was just under 14, but they had so much entries and so so many different levels that they wanted to give everybody some recognition. And I just thought it was a great event all round. I mean, Barton's just a great character in the, um, he's got so much froth and, and he genuinely loves surfing. He loves the kids. So, yeah, I, I I thought it was amazing. And, and, and hopefully they do more. I, I believe there was one coming in March again. They were going to do one in March. So keep your eyes out and kids get involved, you know, just be part of it because that's what it's about.
0: Yeah, I saw today just scrolling through social media in my five minutes i was going to look and ended up being three hours because that's what happens when you get absorbed into it there was a uh a, a welsh surf club that were doing something very similar where i think it was just a local one where the where the guys could just enter their their things in like we were just saying there it's something really cool for people to uh to do talk a little bit about where his surfing has come from because his ability and his technical part of his surfing is is so tuned a lot better than a lot of adults would ever be. Has he have have you helped him trying to work on certain aspects of his surfing to get that good? And also just to counter that as well a little bit, just talk a little bit about how you see rail and air surfing as well.
1: Okay, so yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's 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 a combination of things really going on there. I think you know one yes I've definitely helped Lucas and guided him where I could along the way and to to an extent and to a point now where he's doing full rotations in the air and I can't coach that I don't know (laughs) I don't know how to do that so uh, it's already at the point where you know he, he needs he needs somebody who can do that to coach him through any of that so yes I've definitely guided him through some bits and pieces and I think like one of the things like I like about Lucas in the water is how he kind of, he moves around and looks and and you know, he, he reads the ocean really well. And that's something like when he was really little I used to just have him on my leg basically. And he'd just hold on to my leg and I'd just paddle him around. If there was a set over there, we'd paddle over there and like turn and <laughs> get it. And then like, oh, hang on a minute, get back on. We're gonna go this way. And then we'd like paddle across and always like hunt for waves. And, and I think, you know, that, that's really, I can see that in him a lot kind of now. He, you know, he's always hunting and, and he's always sort of looking for good waves, um, which obviously catching good waves, you know, you can surf good waves. It's really important. But really Lucas's kind of ability to, um, he understands like the motions that he's doing and his technique really well, like, pro, you know, more than I've ever been able to break anything down you know, he almost sees it in slow motion. And he used to do it when he was skateboarding. When he was like five or six and he starts doing rock fakies and clipping his truck and, and headbutton the floor. And I'm just going, <laughs> oh, please. And he's like, no, nah, dad, I just, I leant too far back. Like all I got to do is just lean. And then he gets back up and he'll do it. And he knows why he didn't do it. And, and that is something that I didn't necessarily have. I definitely didn't have it. But he will do a full rotation and land and not make it. And but he knows exactly why and where he went wrong. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's kind of quite a unique thing. I don't, I don't know. I, I definitely wasn't like it, but I can see that in him, why he improved so quickly, because, you know, he's so critical on himself, but more to the point, he understands his rotations and his body mechanics. So if if he doesn't land something, it's because he didn't turn his head somewhere. And it's like, he understands why and he can change it and then he lands it. And so, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing to watch, but that's kind of what I see with him really. And as much as I've taken him to one point, um, I can't really, you know, now it's like, right, I'll always help him on the rail game. And we work very hard on that because as far as like, it's very easy just to huck airs everywhere and kind of lose the flow of surfing um and a lot of the board designs that we have worked on when he was younger were were or were very uh turn orientated and rounded pintails, and so that everything is nice and drawn out and lots of flow so we've tried to build his surfing around that and then you know the air side of it came after really um and i think that's kind of the right way around and and you know touching on what you're asking about whether it's rail game or airs so i think if you can do airs, do them, do them as much as you can, because the only way you learn is by throwing yourself at them. And, and, you know, like Lucas does, he'll realize in air why, and you start to, you know, it's, it's by doing it a lot that you start to get better. So always do it, but you got to like combine your rail surfing to get there. And it's, and, and I think that's, that's what Lucas really wants to focus on. You watch John John or anyone like that surf, um the flow and the combination of manoeuvres they do before they get to a big full rotation at the end is is what's impressive and what it s- sets sets everyone else apart so um he understands that and and very critical on his rail surfing too he's critical himself uh, to the point where I'm like mate you, you know that was sick he's like nah, I didn't think it was great you know <laughs> didn't like it or I was like, oh, you just did a full." I've never done that before. I thought I was sick, you know, and that's kind of the, the way the conversation goes sometimes. But um, I suppose you've got to have that kind of self-criticism to get better, haven't you? And I'm always like, stop being so tough on yourself. But yeah.
0: Are we ever going to see Ben Skinner do a full rotation on a longboard?
1: <laughs> I, I tried a few times and broke a few boards. Um, <laughs> but the answer is probably no. <laughs> um but I definitely, yeah, I I love sort of performance longboard in turn and I'm definitely going to um do more of it this year when when, when the waves allow. Um, I'm always <laughs> going to step on a performance longboard and love doing a big turn on a longboard. I don't think there's much close to it.
0: What's the uh, future that you, you two have got planned out or your family's got planned out for him? Because obviously he's n- nearing an age now where, it can either become a serious profession for him because di- didn't he pick up a, a sponsorship with rip curl as well
1: yeah sponsored by rip curl dry robe fcs um hydro flask is supporting him and obviously firewire and skinlord surfboards and ocean mountain explorers tra- travel company which have been taking him on they took us to a boat trip to the maldives and all video coaching and, and analysis and stuff so um the plan is to do that again this year, and yeah, I mean, look, he's again super lucky to have support of some of the companies that that are willing to at the moment. So you know, that's a big up to them and every other sponsor that's that's supporting the surfers at the moment because it's easy to kind of back out of it. But all the companies are doing pretty well, and I think it's you know it should reflect hopefully on on the industry in the future keep supporting the kids and that's what they're doing they're supporting him and i can only say thanks for that and that's what makes the world go around so
0: is your uh, daughter going to follow in the footsteps of lucas and yourself or she or is she in, just enjoying her surfing and she's got her own thing going on
1: Lila, lila's she loves i've just made her a new shortboard because she wants to start you know. Her, she she wants to start shortboarding but she genuinely just loves going surfing really she's a little bit more scared though like she went surfing with michelle her uh, mum about like i don't know just before chris a couple of months ago a few months ago and a seal popped up in the lineup and she absolutely freaked and i wasn't there but like (laughs) neither you know it's like someone was trying to drown her or something she was screaming her head off and it really freaked her out so she won't go to that beach again <laughs> but she really loves just going and surfing she loves surfing so much but it's been really cold and and just as she's getting into it really winter kind of struck pretty hard but yeah we've made her a little shortboard and i i'd like to think so She skateboards so well she's such a good little skater and she's flying around bowls doing airs over hips she's only 10 she's flying so she's definitely got potential to to surf good but um and she's doing great she's already doing great she's got a great little style and she's she's just starting to enjoy it so this summer is going to be a lot of fun a lot of time in the water i imagine
0: did they just take that up on their own because i know my daughter for instance because i've got um i've got an eight-year-old and and a three-year-old boy and i can't i say make makes not the word i don't really want to force them into doing anything because you know what it's like and you hear the horror stories of parents pushy parents is that you force them into doing something like my wife for instance she she was a swimmer when she was younger but pushed more aggressively encouraged to swim she hates it now and sometimes you know you kind of got to be careful with that and what i'm trying to do because she does jiu-jitsu and she she enjoys surfing in the summer. She gets cold really, really quick because she's like a rake. You know, I, I'm hoping that they're both going to get into it because I'd love to do, like, some boat trips and stuff with with them older. Yeah. That, that's kind of like the dream, the yeah. dream. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, look, you know, a bit of advice, really, for the young ones, surfing is just get them in a winter suit even in the summer. I mean, just, you know, no kid likes being cold. So, you know, even with Lucas, when we first started taking him, I would – get him in his wetsuit at home fully suited and booted and and even in the winter if it was if any kind of cold just stick the gloves on or stick the boots on whatever you know take that like that harshness away from you and just take him down to the beach throw him in the water he'd probably have one wave and he'd be like right i want to go home now and i'd be like oh and the first couple of times was you know you're going oh come on one more and he's like no no i'm done want to go home so we'd, i'd get him back in the van take him home and next time we go down he'd have two or three waves and then five or six waves and then you know as soon as he's done it's up to him and or now i can't get him out of the water you know at all um, till it's dark and i'm shouting it on the shoreline
0: yeah uh, you bought yourself yeah. a big loud hailer that you got in the back of your van you're like
1: <laughs> yeah when he actually said the like, other day dad i'll get these watches and then you can call me on the watch and i was like yeah, but no, <laughs> but you just turn around when you hear me whistle and come in when you should. <laughs>
0: exactly, you see me going in, you come in too. Yeah, yeah,
1: he knows He knows when I'm whistling him. He just like pretends he's not looking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was someone else.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I thought, no, I didn't hear you at all. I could see him going like this, you know. <laughs> I've
0: got a couple of questions from, uh, from, from a few people that I've asked and uh, one of them was for you was what is one of the or some of the heaviest locations that you've ever surfed in?
1: You know, there's lots of definitions of heavy. I think I've served some pretty big waves in Ireland. That's probably been yeah some of the heaviest heaviest situations, um, surf wise, definitely that I've been in. But you know, even some of the some of the spots you don't almost expect it. Sometimes you know, some of the slabs that are in Scotland. I've had some scary experiences there, and being sucked into sort of what they call like sinkholes almost which there's a story about that wavelength that came out about a month and a half ago i think on reef stories but it's yeah one of those unexpected kind of stuck on a slab worried about getting smashed on the reef um and ended up getting sucked down into like a gully under the rocks and sucked through a cave kind of thing oh really um, yeah pretty horrendous so you know yeah there's been some um some unexpected heavy situations but the situations you tend to go in that are real scary, like in some of the bigger waves of tow surfed in Ireland and stuff, you're so prepared and you, you know, you got your jet ski and you know what you're doing and you've got a bit of a safety team and um, it's the unexpected kind of heavy moments that catch you out.
0: Before I was married, I used to travel to Indonesia quite a lot. Whenever I was on leave periods, I'd be out there. Even one of the places I, I surfed at quite regularly, just because it wasn't really that crowded, was Dreamlands. and like you were saying they've got like those those little sinkholes which is more like when the water's been drawn back out to the sea it creates that yeah yeah, it creates like that zero gravity effect doesn't it and you always see those boils but also that's sometimes where the peak is going to break as well and I, i sat there a few times and i you know i didn't to the extent that you did but it pulls you down to like waist head high and i'm like what the what the fuck was that <laughs> And then I'm like that i'd sit there because i'm going down i can imagine that was scary as hell doing that
1: well that that's exactly what you said like this there was like three waves previous to the one that actually sucked me down there and it's just air just like and all the water you know comes up and then just drained off the reef down this one part so yeah it was pretty hectic and um but yeah surfing I, i've surfed crib, crib a quite a bit a few times that that's you know pretty. It, I really enjoy surfing out there, to be honest. And and um, you know, as much as it's not like the most gnarly wave in the world, you, it's it's pretty scary because you're in front of the headland and you get sucked into that the the headland out there. You know, there's parts of Quiver that are like, yeah, they're quite daunting, you know. And so yeah, full respect to the boys the other day for for charging out there. It was good to see. It made me want to um to get back on the horse really and uh, and get back out there. Maybe maybe me and Lucas might have a look next time.
0: Oh, mate, he's going to turn into the next British Kyle Is He's going to start doing all sorts of stuff, backflips off like 50 footers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kyle Lenny's a bit of a freak, isn't he? I mean, there's not too many people like him in the world. But yeah, what a legend.
0: One of the other questions I got asked was, uh, if there's one ca- location outside of the UK you'd like to live, where would that be?
1: All right, so I think, um, all right, I really love California. It's like, I just, I love the way of life there. I love the waves, I love the climate. It's pretty amazing. Parts of Australia are stunning as well. But but to live, you know, California is, is yeah, it's, I think it's a nice sort of pace of life. Cornwall's the best as far as I'm concerned. I love living here, but California or potentially parts of um, Portugal as well. Definitely, I could see myself down there in a nice little quiet area. Um, it's pretty beautiful there too.
0: Yeah, I've not had the luxury of surfing the uh, California area. I went when I was really, really young, but it was round about when I was like between 13 and 15. I only started surfing when I was 14. So I didn't have the luxury of having a surfboard to do anything around there. Yeah. I just, I went to all the classic tourist destinations, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. My mom and dad weren't going to go, just let me, yeah, just, just, yeah, just go in the water, it's fine. Okay, so the next question is what are your favorite types of wave or... Where is your favourite type of wave?
1: So, yeah, I love I love riding barrels on my longboard. That's kind of my just what I get the most out of, um, like adrenaline-wise, challenge-wise, and just feeling and like even like being in a barrel on a longboard. It's just yeah, I love it so much. So, for me, yeah, riding some slabs, potentially some Scottish Irish slabs and um yeah almost on that's that's my my go-to do
0: you know what you don't really see you see a lot of video edits and footage of people surfing shortboards you know surfing barrels but you don't really see that many longboarding barrels do you
1: not a lot but you'd be surprised i think if you look for it they're there i mean back in the day they used to have the puerto rico event there the oxbow soul and style and like you know people like bo young dwayne DeSoto, bonga perkins some of the footage and stuff that you see of Bongo Perkins at Backdoor and Pipe back in the day were some of the things that made me want to longboard. And, and again, that was my era. Like, what you know, Bongo was the man to me. He was like, yeah, absolute, like, all-round hell man. Um, and his style and approach is just like pretty unique. And and so yeah, I mean, I, I love that side of it. and and um, But I have to be honest, you know, I've really, really love loving riding my traditional board, the cherry picker, and that's actually kind of my go to board. When the waves are nice and fun and peeling, then you know, hanging ten is is on that board is pretty special as well. So yeah, they're my two. I'm allowed to. Yeah, I'm allowed to.
0: Yeah, you can have as many as you want, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy with that if that was my days, so yeah.
0: Beautiful. Uh where do you see the future of british longboarding going and to go one step above that where do you see the wsl longboarding tour going
1: all right well british longboarding's a tough one because as a lot of the events have um blu's faded and been a lot excuse me harder to run financially sponsorship and all those sort of things uh minnow green's just been a, a you know a hero really for british longboarding and like really him and the BLU have given all of us a platform to kind of even get where we are now. And, and back when I was started, it was, you know, I was in finals with like Lee Ryan, Chris Griffiths, Sam Bleatley, you know, and all of them went and did world events. And I, when I started doing world events, I was with those guys. And so we, you know, we had a British longboard scene and a tour and a, and a crew that went to these events. That really isn't there at the moment. And, and to be honest, even before COVID, um, the longboarding, it, it, you know, the longboard contest just kind of weren't as many people as normally. So, um, but I have to say, I'm seeing a lot of young longboarders coming through at the moment, and I think because of the way longboarding's gone back to traditional style, um, it's going to grow again as well. Because you know, more people are interested in that style of longboarding at the moment, and and potentially that's what what the BLU needed too was that kind of full freshen up but we'll see when it comes back and i'm going to support it and i hope that you know all, all you young longboarders out there if you do listen to this and you know or you are listening then just keep going it's all about having fun and and if you're having fun you're going to surf well and do well And competing should be fun and and um you know if you're having fun in the contest you, you've got every chance of winning and if you win it's competing's great if you're doing really well and if you're not it's such but being part of it is is what it's about in the first place, you know. So yeah, come along to the BRUs and just and have fun.
0: So the counter to that is, where do you see the uh, WSL longboard tour going?
1: As we touched on before, I think it's taken a you know a full, complete spin really compared to two years ago, three years ago, and I think it's great. I would like to see it kind of. It's going to balance back out a little bit at some point and. I've always liked the idea of kind of having, you know, almost like a a performance longboard event. The Relic kind of touched on it quite a lot, really, where performance longboarding is very different to kind of the traditional um, criteria. So mixing the two is very difficult. Um, so you're going to have that divide always in onboarding, basically, you're always going to have that divide and someone's going to be unhappy at the end of it. So it'd be cool to somehow balance that out in the future. I don't think it's possible, but having the kind of king of the longboard performance and and traditional, I thought was, was a great concept, but the way it's going with the WSL, I think have just getting to better destinations that that's, what's like been the biggest thing about, what the WSL have done for for me anyway in the last year or so is that you know we had six years in China at Hainan all right it's you know you wonder why people weren't tuning in you know it's like you go to the same destination it's it's like it's not it's it's a great it's fun wave but it's not the best wave in the world definitely not the best longboard wave in the world and it becomes boring and monotonous not just for people watching but for the people that are in the events and and I think what they've done moving it to potentially Malibu, New York, the ranch giving us great waves and proper destinations that people are going to want to tune into because it's an iconic um you know longboard spot i.e Malibu I think that's really the key spot yeah it's what it's about and I think the fact that we've got to the ranch that's giving longboarding a little bit of like a okay you're kind of you're good enough to be here and I think that's you know that's a good thing as well and just giving us the opportunities for, for, for me i see it as a competitor i see it as an opportunity and, and so what we're getting at the moment i i'm i'd be stoked with whether we get there or not is another question it's never going to be easy to please everybody in in a sport of longboard, you know so you kind of got to, if you want to compete you've got to adapt and just go with the times and hopefully that's good enough and and you and if you don't enjoy it then you know probably shouldn't be there
0: That's the problem with a sport with so many variables. It's not like you're playing football or rugby where it's a controlled environment. You've got a pitch. The only thing you've got to worry about, maybe a little bit, is wind. Yeah. There's so many variables tide, wind, let's call it all the science that goes behind it. I I talked about this before on another podcast where you're only going to have a certain amount of time booked out for that location for that event whether it's a two-week window and if the swell doesn't fill in in that window where well, they have got to run that event anyway i, th- I think a little bit of pre-knowledge and, and booking those locations and knowing when the best swell is going to be and hoping for it is it is the best way forward and, and putting those people like you just said in the best waves people are going to tune into that a hundred percent because you know i i, I love it i love watching surfing to bits i'm i'm a little bit of a pest with it if i'm perfectly honest um, it's it's all over the place it's even in me picture but i just hate i've tried to watch some of the aussie events that they run like in newcastle yeah. um, when it's just like there's still some decent waves coming through but it's choppy and it's windy and i'm just like that's the sort of stuff that you've kind of got to play with, but it's difficult. You're going
1: to be watching it because you want to support somebody that's in it, you know? And I think essentially when events are like that, even pipe, right. When pipes on and it's rubbish, you know, it's not going to be fun to watch. So it doesn't matter where it is. It's the quality of the waves. And sometimes, you know, the nature of our sport is you're not always going to get pumping waves, but you want to support people involved and I think it's amazing actually when I have competed in the past although there's not all the world watching the the WSL longboard event the the country gets behind me when I'm there and and I feel that and it's really amazing and yeah that that's that's cool no matter what and I think so what I'm trying to say is you know if you want to support somebody you're going to watch it whatever aren't you And, and um and and so that's cool and if you love surfing you watch shitty events with the shitty waves and sometimes i must say i I end up doing that but you can't beat pumping pipeline or or or, you know even the big wave jaws event i thought was pretty amazing you know but it's all kind of got its got it's like well the big wave surfing you sit there and don't watch a wave for a lot of the time so there's all these things that you kind of you you just can't please everyone so you know i try and enjoy it and watch watch it and enjoy what i can out of it really
0: haters are gonna hate aren't they
1: they totally are yeah no matter what yeah and you're always going to get them so um but even just for us to have surfing on our in our screens at home to watch is pretty nuts if you think how how we you know 25 years ago when i was you know there's none of that going on so um things have come a long way in that sense and i think we're spoiled these days and don't realize how lucky we are
0: oh a hundred percent and again i've had a few of these conversations before where you know you've got your phone. At your touch, and all it takes is a couple of swipes and taps, and you've got an event going on you can watch yeah. on your phone or the next. Anyway, well, like the Tom Curran edit that just came out, Free Scrubber. You know what I mean? Like, when would that ever happen? You'd have to wait for the Aussies to do a film premiere, and then, or the Americans to do a film prem- premiere, and then about a year later, it'd come out well, on VHS. It's... Yeah, yeah. like that. And then it'd still be crap quality, but you'd yeah. still spend, spend 30 quid on it or something, wouldn't you?
1: Totally, totally. And watch it a few times, you know. Yeah, watch it over and over again, actually. (laughs) But you know, yeah, we are spoiled. But I, I, you know, I I think I love, I love seeing all 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 kind of the content that comes through. The girls surfing right now, you know, like Erin Brooks, and the level of some of the the kids around the world at the moment is pretty insane. And I, I love seeing that. I think it's amazing. So, um, yeah surf geeks basically that's what we are
0: (laughs) 100 percent, and it's yeah it's a bit naughty sometimes (laughs) um what have you got coming up at the moment you know you were talking a little bit about you're working on some designs have you have you got anything that you can talk about that's going to be released in any time soon
1: well um i've been i've been working on a like a, a mid twin basically like a seven two twin fin i've been surfing that a lot and um with channels pintail channel bottom kind of, you know, again, Torren Martin inspired, loved, I just loved the way that he flowed and surfed on those boards. And um, I've always ridden twin fins, probably been my, my kind of go-to shortboard forever, really, since I was about 15. Chops to the sales got me riding one and, and um, I never really looked back. In fact, people always used to take piss out of me for riding it. And now, now I see my mates riding them and I'm like, and he's like, well, I, you know, I, I didn't see it back then. So, um yeah, they are really kind of, I love twinnies, and that's something that, um, you know, I've, I've got a fin design that I'm working with, with, a company called Flying Diamonds, which is like a twin fin design. Yeah, I've been working on this fin for like three or four years and been using it in my twin fins and trying to develop new boards to ride with it, but basically, has been the kind of aim for that. And... Definitely got some new longboards up my sleeve that that um, I can't really tell you too much about at the moment. But I'm pretty excited about one particular design that I've got coming out in the future. Not sure when, not sure how, but it's coming. <laughs> um, it is ready, and I, and you know I have been been working on this for probably two years already. So a lot of my designs I do take a lot of time over because you know we make three or four or five different variations and then surf them for a bit and then go again if you need to um but this one in particular has been kind of yeah been tweaking quite quite a bit a lot some of our designs come straight away cherry picker came quite quickly you know saying that it's come off kind of structures that i've had in the past and sort of structures from other boards and design structure of designs that we've had in other boards and kind of transferred them and changed things so uh, but this one I'm pretty excited about. Coming soon. And working with Thunderbolt Technologies, obviously, closely. to we'll see what happens there. FCS2, I've got a new performance fin coming out with them in March for all my performance long boards and mid-lengths. So, like, my over model and, and everything, um, this fin is, like, the ultimate fin for... In fact, that's I've designed the boards around that fin. The mid-lengths, I've been started testing with that fin from the start and the fins were developed for my performance longboards that were already existing so yeah pretty excited about that and um they're, yeah fcs2 coming out in march two plus one and the side fins are, are a unique size to any anything that they've previously sold as a side fin um nothing as big as what we're, 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 we're doing but it's basically a medium shortboard side fin uh, with a seven-inch sensor, so um, yeah, pretty stoked on that, and you guys will be able to get your hands on it very soon.
0: Sounds amazing! Can't wait to see all that stuff come out. Um,
1: yeah, lots of lots going on, lots going on, and and yeah, and a, and a single fin with flying diamonds that will be coming out soon again, developed with the with the Che Picker. So lots of exciting things, really.
0: Beautiful. To finish this off on, like I said before. A little bit of a quick fire round and i love saying this this quick fire round is never a quick fire round it's never a quick fire round
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the
0: first question is and i think you've answered this already if you could surf one fin set up on a surfboard would it be a single fin twin fin thruster quad two plus one bonzer or finless
1: twin
0: favorite surfer and why
1: favorite surfer and why ah uh, uh, so difficult Um, longboarder you can choose whoever yeah um well i can't i can't you know john john's surfing at the moment just mind-blowing to be honest like i think he's an an amazing kid amazing person like he's really nice and genuine but his surfing recently is just like next level so it's pretty hard to go past him right now but you know in the past really loved rob Machado. Some of the old cats, obviously Kelly Slater. You know my era again, everyone's era, isn't it? Pretty much, but yeah, there you go. That wasn't really one, but
0: you see that turn that John John did at sunset on that Van's triple Count? That was amazing, right?
1: I yeah, just mind blowing. Some yeah, you know, just his his approach to it is like so unique.
0: The first surf film you ever watched
1: was Why Pro Night Eighties. Uh, 80s four or something like that. It was like my dad had a VHS of an Hawaiian contest in eight eighty four or something like that. And it was like, yeah, the Derek and Michael Ho and uh Lady Beachley and yeah. It was uh old crew. And but then it was Green Iguana. And that's been like the Green Iguana was my um my childhood movie for sure.
0: The last surf uh, film you ever you have watched.
1: The last surf uh, film I've watched was uh, it was John John's recent movie actually. Um, I can't remember what it's called though. Sorry, yeah,
0: uh, I can't remember either.
1: I can't either. <laughs> oh, it's some uh, rising Tokyo Rising
0: that's the one, yeah, the one on Amazon,
1: yeah, which was pretty cool. That was pretty inspiring and, and that was really good to watch. It's about it, really. Uh, this is a thing, like I said, you know, we put I, we see so much day to day. They all kind of blend into one and we end up seeing it eventually. But but some of those I tend to watch. Jordy's movie's pretty sick. I actually watched a documentary on Chris Burtish the other day and that was pretty cool too on Red Bull TV. And that was about him sort of pioneering go, going to surf in Jaws. First one to like paddle Jaws on his own. Um, he actually, he comes to Newquay and surfs cribber in it and he, he surfed one of the biggest days at cribber. He obviously, he paddled across the Atlantic. He's like pretty nuts, dude. But it's quite quite a cool story because it was all about him basically getting getting uh, an invite into the Eddy, and then he eventually gets one and and wins it. So, from a childhood dream to to something that, you know, and it's a pretty you know, I don't think it's a huge budget documentary, but it was pretty cool, worth a watch.
0: There's so many characters like that within surfing itself. I guess you could say in all sports really, but especially our chosen one. Or, or should i say sport stroke lifestyle yeah um th- there are so many characters like that that you know what we were talking about before we haven't got a platform and people wouldn't necessarily know about them but yeah. you know they do great feats like that like paddling the atlantic i mean that is just insane to even think about personally
1: yes, isn't it? it's ridiculous my mum crossed the atlantic she sailed across the atlantic um about four years ago oh really and uh yeah she's mad her and her, her and her husband did and yeah she trained did all got all her tickets and then they went but they hit a big storm about two days in snapped one of the main masts, and they ended up making it but it was pretty sketchy um so it, it scared the crap out of them to be honest and they ended up then sailing to uh somewhere else to go get the boat fixed and on the way there they hit another huge storm and um they ended up selling the boat and coming home but they crossed the atlantic so that's pretty cool
0: that's the main point of it right yeah <laughs> even if it's on like broken bits of boat that's just paddling along
1: <laughs> they never want to go on a boat ever again but exactly. they still did it so yeah. yeah
0: that's cool um and the last question is your dream surf trip
1: oh my whole family in the maldives somewhere please Can
0: mate do you know what that that's everyone's that's everyone's answer a Maldives trip
1: <laughs> with the family i mean you know you can't really ask for much more than that
0: that's uh, classic
1: i was lucky enough actually they had the, the wsl well longboard tour at passed the point um can't remember when now but quite a long time ago lucas would have been like three or four and my stepdaughter lucy she would have been like nine or ten and yeah, we went, we went and I took them all with me and when I was competing and it was just like the best thing ever. Um, we had the best time. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Ben Skinner, thanks for joining me on the podcast and some amazing stories there, mate. So thank you.
1: Well, thanks for having me and, uh, yeah, I hope I haven't bored you all to death. (laughs) uh, Um, yeah, thanks again, I really appreciate it.
0: That was cool talking to you, man. You too. Catch you later. No. and that's it if you're enjoying the podcast please like share and subscribe on your podcast provider and also follow the grumpy surfer on instagram thanks for listening